Hello, and welcome to Stress Less with me, Jess. Today, my special guest is Mary Maduna. Hello, Mary. Hello, everybody. It's so great to be here. I'm so excited for you to be here. Before we get started with our presentation today, I just want to remind everybody that um, it is Suicide Awareness Month, and I am still doing my fundraiser, which um, the links will be in the bio. Um, so please support me in any way you can, whether it's sharing the episode or just getting some facts about you know, suicide awareness. All right, Mary. So let's get started. Okay. I have been on your website, which is, so everybody knows, bluebambooleadership.com. Yes. I have so many questions, but let's just tell everybody why you're amazing and why you're on here. Okay. So you were focused on energy, becoming a leader that brought out the best in others for more than 20 years. You experienced burnout. Your superintendent told you that although you were doing all the right things, you weren't getting the right results. You had to figure it out or go. That's a good nudge. I agree with you. So you finally accepted the fact that she couldn't compromise all the parts that hurt her from, wait a minute, let's do this again. Mary, Mary finally accepted the fact that she couldn't compromise the parts of her that hurt from the part of her that she wanted others to see. In order for her to be the leader she wanted to be, she had to stop relying on, and on knowing and doing. She had to get real with herself about what, who she was being. Now, Mary is a mindset coach helping conscious business leaders be happier, healthier, wiser, and connected to unlimited possibilities. This was a mouthful in the sense that I feel so many people can relate to that feeling of burnout, not knowing what the burnout feeling really is, because they feel burnout is shown as like this super chaotic state. But the way you described it is that I'm doing the right things. I'm not getting the right things that I want from it. And that's really confusing because we're told to do certain things. So we do those certain things and we're not getting what we want. And then we just internalize going, well, I'm the problem. That's it. I am the problem. So can you give us your side? I know I gave you a little bit bio, but give us a little bit about that breakdown for us. Oh my gosh. You know, going into, well, my childhood, um, was painful. I was adopted at birth and I, and I struggled with that reality. And so I made a lot of stories about myself, but I couldn't tell anybody what those stories were. Right. Cause those would not be in my mind. They couldn't be accepted by others. Right. And so I really struggled through school. Who am I? What, what, what am I about? And I kind of had this aha moment when I noticed I, although I wasn't applying myself as a student, I was doing okay. And I saw my peers, some of my peers were applying, they were working and they still didn't get it. And the teachers didn't seem to know what to do for them. And I thought, oh my gosh, here's like a whole group of my peers that are, are being left out of what I just stumbled into. Um, so I decided to become that teacher that could teach anybody. Cause I felt like if I could teach, then I could reach anyone. And so I became, I decided to become a special education teacher. And then in the midst of that undergrad program, I learned quickly like, oh, I don't want to just do this in one classroom. I want to do this for a whole building. I want to do this for a whole system, right? I want to be the leader that creates the conditions where this is possible for all of us, regardless of whatever challenges that we're coming with, we have the opportunity to really shine. That's the leader that I wanted to be. And I thought in order to become that leader, I needed two things. One, I needed knowledge. I needed the credentials. So other people knew that I, I knew what I was doing. And I needed experience. I need to actually practice 
what I was, was learning and, and putting it into practice. And I thought, well, surely that is going to create the, the leader that I want to be. So when my superintendent pulled me in that afternoon and said, look, it's not what you're doing. Um, but you're gonna have to figure this out. It's like, what the hell do you do? Well, if doing is not the lever to create results, what other levers do we have to deal with? Yeah. Yeah. This is so great because I think so many, again, yeah, go to school, get an education, right? Then you practice, you get your experience and then you're successful period. Mic drop. You're done. done. But there's so much more to it. And we're not talking about it. I will say we have to give your superintendent some credit for even pointing any of this out, right? Oh, like how awesome is that? For real. Did I resent him for a long time after that? Absolutely. And uh, yeah. I absolutely see the gift that he gave me. Does he, did he know that he was giving me a gift? Maybe not. It doesn't matter. It's what matters is that I've now recognized it as a gift. Um, and because now I've recognized that I'm not the only one. And that's what I said to myself when I came back to my desk after this conversation, it was really the first time. So I'm, what do I, I'm, I'm still twisted with this idea of it's not what you're doing. You got to figure it out. So when I went back to my desk, I said, okay, Mary, how are you contributing to the problem? Because up until that point, I saw myself as the solution. I was being hired to come in and fix the problem that existed. And that's how I saw myself, right? I'm the solution. You're the problem. I can see how bad that looks and sounds now. <laughs> I can. So for everyone who's listening, does she know? Yeah, I absolutely know. But at the time I didn't, right? Well, again, I was living by that story. You're, you're being hired. Here's our challenges. Here's what you're good at. This, this is why we want you to come in and fix this for us. So when I asked myself, Mary, how are you contributing to the problem? What came up for me was an, an, an image, uh, a framework from site class. And it doesn't even matter what it was, but it pointed me to, it, it is the Johari window. And there's a, and what the Johari window says is there's a part of you that you don't know and no one else does either. Yes. And so when... That came back to me as a response to that question, Mary, how are you contributing to the problem? I thought, oh my gosh, I don't know what this is. My superintendent doesn't know what this is. And as much as I was uncomfortable and unhappy with the conversation, I really did believe he wanted me to be successful. Sure. I thought, okay, well, the solution then has to be found in this unknown quadrant. The next thing that literally came out of my mouth was, oh, I wish I had a coach. About coaching, what's a coach? <laughs> I didn't even know like coaching was a, a, an up and coming profession at the time. And so I Googled it and it's like, oh, wow, this is something I think I could be really good at. And so it kind of all culminated into this realization that I've, I have done absolutely everything I knew how to do to become the leader that I wanted to be. And it still wasn't enough. And I didn't know how to get to that quadrant of what I didn't know about myself and what nobody else knew about myself. So I've decided to become that coach that I wish I had. Yeah. And so now that's what I do is I help people uncover what's in that unknown quadrant so that if it's no longer serving them, they can choose to let it go or hang on to it if they want to. Um, but now it's a choice. And so now what I help my clients do is live by choice and, and to really create the life they want rather than live by default and just kind of try to figure it out with whatever cards that we've been dealt. What does that kind of process look like? So I feel sometimes, and 
that that process can sound a little woo-woo. Like, let me uncover this and let me get dive in deep. It's the, the person you don't know who you are and things like that. What does that kind of process look like? You know, it's uh, literally starts and I think ends with self-awareness. And, um, you know, it was emotional intelligence that kind of took me down this path of self-awareness. And, and I uncovered way more than I ever expected. So we all have that little voice that's narrating our experiences for us. And um, I, I think that there's a lot of, a lot of different people have different feelings about this voice. I like to use this voice. I like to think that in order to get to that unknown quadrant, I have to love that voice because that voice is me. Now it is saying things to me and about me that are really painful to listen to. When we start to really tune into how we talk to ourselves and what we're saying to ourselves, holy Moses, I had no idea that I could be so hard on myself. I would never say the kinds of things that I was saying to myself, to anyone else, period, let alone someone that I cared about. Yeah. And so when I started to really tune into self-awareness and, and, and tune into that inner voice, what I learned was that inner voice was was reflecting all of the beliefs that I'd created about myself and the rules that I should be living by in order to be the person that I thought I wanted to be or to be the person I thought I could be, right? You know, because as growing up, we're told, well, here's your box. <laughs> this yeah. is who we are. This is how we are. You know, these are our people. This is how we live. And that was a box for me. Is it, do I come from good people? Oh my God, I come from amazing, amazing people. But that for all of us, all of those rules create a box for us. And when, and then when we try to just live within this box, we get miserable, right? We're trying to kick it out and we then blame ourselves. Jesus, like, ugh, I, I just can't figure out how to break out of this. There must be something wrong with me. And so the self-awareness can really listen to what is it that I'm saying for myself? So the first thing I learned to do is to give myself grace and compassion because I'm when I heard how I was talking to myself and I looked at what I accomplished, like, holy Moses, Mary, it's like you just climbed out of the Grand Canyon here, carrying a pack load after pack load of rocks with you. Good job. <laughs> now, how about taking this trip without all of these rocks? What would that be like? Yeah. So and that's, yeah. that's my experiment. And, and over the weekend, over this past week, I have decided to break up with the word work that this isn't work. I'm not doing work because uh, there's nothing to fix and there's nothing even really for me to create. It's really just getting, letting go of what is no longer serving me. Because I believe that as long as I let go of those beliefs that were never mine to begin with um, and don't align with who I want to be, then the more I let that go, who I am naturally emerges. And so then I just have to sit back Cause I'm a planner. Like I would love to plan everything out for the next 10 years and just show up for that plan and have it all work out. I know that doesn't work. And so what I've learned now is as long as I can let go of what is keeping getting in my way, then I can really see what, what wants to emerge here. What is it that I can start allowing of myself um, and taking those risks of, Oh, what would it be like if I spoke up to this person or that person and um, really start to step into those shoes that I really imagined for myself as an undergrad, but had no real idea about how to achieve them. Yeah. During this conversation, you kind of made me think about your website and on there, it says 
The truth is where we're designed to hold ourselves back. The truth is we are designed to hold ourselves back. And I really feel like that's basically what you just told us. Yeah, we are. We're designed to, to be protective. We are designed to seek approval from other people so that we're not alone. And so we're designed for this outward uh, expression, this outward look to see, am am I connected to people? Do I feel that I belong? Um, My, my own sense of safety, like how, what is my sense of safety? And we look for it outside of us when in reality, and and I hated this, I literally, before I made these shifts, that idea about, um, you know, where you are in one place is, is who you are in every place. Like, just hated those things (laughs) because I could come up with stories about no it's not right here's a here's a scenario where I would show up that way here's a scenario where I wouldn't show up that way and yet what is really true is that we're still operating from that core set of of beliefs maybe it shows up differently in in different settings but we're still operating from those beliefs and for me it was beliefs about as as a female I was taught you know you are some you're subservient you are a servant Um, you never, I remember getting directions on how to order at a restaurant. You never order first. You always let the person who's paying order first. You see what they're ordering and you order something less. Yep. Did you get that lesson too? (laughs) You get it without like being sat down, like, okay, these are the rules of life. Like these are just kind of naturally quote unquote taught to you, you know? Right. And then think about, cause our brain likes to generalize. Right. So now let's generalize that to, oh my gosh, well, that must mean I have to put everybody else first, see where they are first. And then what is it that I can either contribute or what can I get from this? Um, and, and it always put me at, I'm always lower. I would never put myself on par with anybody ever. And that is one of those core beliefs. Like Literally, literally wherever I show up, that's how I was going to show up. And so that's been my biggest uncovering. I think one of my biggest uncoverings in this is just how I saw myself dictated and determined where I was going to place myself and where was I even going to be willing to even consider making connections with and, and talking with people about, because I had these rules about where I was relative to everybody else. And this, I truly believe this goes back to exactly what you're saying from the beginning, that all this is self-awareness. And this is all about self-awareness. So now that I know that I have this rule about how to order at restaurants and that I can overgeneralize that rule into all of these other settings, when I feel, when I'm going about my day and I feel like I'm getting sideways or twisted about something, I've also learned that it's not whatever is out there. Something out there hit my button, but it's my button. It's my button and I've got to deal with my button. Nobody else is responsible for that. Nobody else needs to do anything about that. And that's something even with my husband that that's been really interesting. Um, Cause it's, cause you know, I wasn't, I wasn't in this space when we first met. And so as I'm moving more and more into this space, having to explain to him, look, I'm upset about something here, but I know it's not your fault right? You didn't do anything. You don't even have to fix this, but this is where I'm at. That has been led to some really interesting conversations. And I think a lot of people can relate to that in the sense of 
when you're starting to create that self-awareness, when you start to go on that journey of taking care of yourself, your outside relationships start to change, but it doesn't always mean a negative thing. I think that really scares a lot of people. Yeah. You know, there was one other thing I saw on your website, which I absolutely love. You have a facts and question um, thing on your, on your website. And one of it says, so you're going to like your different programs and how it works and things like that. And one of your question is, can I hire you just for a few hours to see how it goes? Mm-hmm. And this is your answer. Unfortunately, no. In fact, your inclination to find a quick fix may be exactly why we should talk. Yeah. And I think that's so great because I think a lot of times when we're thinking about burnout, when we're thinking about stress, when we're thinking about pain, self-awareness, this they don't. it's a journey. And a lot of us are so trained to, and taught that there's quick fixes and that's not how you're going to solve this. Yeah. Boy, I, you know, I mentioned earlier, I love systems and I can love planning things out. Like I would love to skip the whole journey and just get to the end. Yeah. And again, that's one of the things that I hated about, you know, people that were, you know, teaching prior before I got into this space. Um, That makes no sense to me at all in, in some regards. And yet it's fascinating to me that when I can let go of some of my own defense systems, all of a sudden this makes sense now. Yeah. And, and that idea that, um, I can, it is the journey. That's literally all we've got is the journey. Cause the end is the end is for all of us. We die at some point and we, you know, you hear all of those stories about, you know, the, the regrets of, of dying people or, you know, what people really think on their deathbed. And, and we have all of that wisdom and all of that information. And yet we just go about our busy day because we think we got to get somewhere. Yeah. And if we can just really just settle into this is the ride I'm on today. This is the ride I'm on. And I'm going to, I'm going to be willing to go with the ups and the downs and the twists and the turns, because I know in the end, I'm going to be okay. Yeah. This ride is going to come to an end and I'm going to be okay. Mary, you're giving us so many great nuggets. So I want you to tell the listeners for that ones that are right taking every single note down. They're like, oh my goodness, I need her. I need her in my life. What is the best way for them to contact you? The best way is going to be uh, email. And that is mary at bluebambooleadership.com. Love it. And Mary, again, we talked about so many great nuggets in here. And I wish we had another hour because I feel like we can deep dive in so many of these segments. Is what is the one thing you want our listeners to take away from today's episode? Another thing that I hated to hear was that you are whole, complete, and perfect just as you are. Because again, I could argue that all day long because I was convinced that I was broken. And what I've come to realize now is it's that ego part of us, that part of me that's protecting me that was telling me that I'm broken. That's not who I really am. Again, that's me picking up all the stories and, and the beliefs from people around me and adopting that as my own underneath all of that, we, I believe we all have a spirit. We all have a soul. And that part of us is whole, complete and perfect, just as we are right now. And it's really just letting go of all that ego stuff. Like I was saying earlier, um, that's really the experiment. That's the play. I was telling you, I didn't, I didn't want to use the word work anymore. That's the play that we get to do here. The experimenting, what would happen if I let go of that belief? What would that do for me? What would that allow to emerge out of me so that I can experience more of this wholeness, this completeness, and this perfectness? That 
So our beliefs are protecting us. It's stopping us from doing certain things. So if, if that belief, if I stop believing in, uh, he, uh, I don't even know what it, work. We'll just talk about work. Like this is a work. This is hard. Things like that. If I let that piece go, change the narrative, what then will happen? Yeah. Well, just with this idea about letting go with work, I would encourage your listeners, just play with that for a week. What if you took work out of your vocabulary and replaced it with play or experiments? Yeah. Just see what happens. What is your inner chatter going to go on about, right? What is it going to give you permission to do? Oh, I love that. Just ask it to, to give me a little bit more permission, right? Just give me a little bit more. Show me a little bit more of what this could do for me. The one thing I really like about what you do and what you preach is that, because it's something I agree on, is that, you know, it's not another app. It's not another um, technique. You don't have to go buy something, right? We have so many tools within ourselves that are so important and that we kind of overlook. It's the changing of how we speak to ourselves. It's the making time to, you know, create awareness around ourselves. It's the investment in ourselves, right? And we really don't do a lot of that. Um, because we're looking for the quick fix or we're looking for distractions or we're focused on supporting others, right? The, the list yeah. goes on. And so again, don't have time for all of that, but we, you know, these are real situations that a lot of us have gone through. And so I think the biggest thing is it doesn't matter your experiences and manager knowledge that we're still are all growing and learning about ourselves. And there's nothing wrong with that. Right. You know, right. There's, there hasn't been a, any instruction in this area, yeah. right? We're, we're actually, I think, conditioned to be more in this fearful place, be, uh, protect yourself. It's good for the economy. Um, it aligns with a lot of, of religious traditions. Uh, I think if you look under the religion, you're going to find that whole complete, perfect, you know, wholeness. But again, the, the expression of religion is often about separation, yeah. And, um, I think that's the antithesis of what it was intended to be, but that's, that's the world we're living in. And, and we get to say, do I want to continue to live by that or do I not? Yeah. Well, Mary, before I let you go, I did ask your permission for the lightning round. Are you okay. ready? I'm ready. All Come right, on. Mary. What was your first job? Uh, oh, my first job was actually in a bean field. I grew up on a farm. And so, you know, my first job technically was chores, but the first time I was paid by somebody outside of my family was riding a bean buggy and we would squirt weeds in the fields with herbicide and how much herbicide got on me and, and cooked into my skin. It's like, I can't believe I'm, I'm still standing here and living. So that was my first job. The first job I really loved was when I was 16, I was, um, I worked at a uh, auction barn where they sold cattle and pigs. And I ran the, the cafe with my sister. She was the cook and I was the waitress. And when I think back now, who in the world would give a 16 year old and her little sister, um, a cafe to run? two days a week. It was so much fun. <laughs> Times were different, right? Yeah. What is your favorite thing to do in the summer? Oh, wow. I love to walk outside. Uh, I live in Chicago. And so I don't have a lot of, a lot of nature around me, but there is nature around me. And so when I can go out and walk, I love watching the, the seasons um, with the different flowers, who's what's blooming now, what's going to bloom next. Uh, just being out, observing the plants and listening to the birds. 
What is one way, this might be the same answer, so let me know. What is one way you practice self-care? It is that. The other thing that I really love most is my time in the mornings. And I'll do whatever I want with that time. I don't, I don't have like a rigid, this is what I do during that time. But after I wake up, I give myself one to two hours every morning. And what is it that you need? Mary, what do you need today? Do we need to listen to something inspiring? Do we need to go move? Do we... What is it that we need to do? And during that time is my time. And I don't feel obligated to meet anybody else's needs during that time. Last one. What would have relaxed you tell a stressed out you? Say that again. Think about yourself in like a relaxed state and you say you're in a stressed out state. So what would a relaxed side of you tell a stressed out you? Trust. Trust. There's really nothing to, to worry about here. Yes. Well, that's a good one. Oh, that sits at home. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Well, Mary, again, I cannot thank you enough for being on here. You gave us so many good nuggets. I super, super appreciate you being open about your journey, but also open about, you know, everything you're doing for everybody. Again, email is the best way. All your contact information will be in the notes are above whatever social media platform you have found us. Thanks again, Mary. Thank you.